Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today, you will hear a sermon from Pastor Jeff Abiera. So without further ado, here he is. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Turn to your neighbor and just say, I'm glad you're here. Amen. If you're new here, my name is Jeff, and I am the next-gen pastor, and I'm so excited to bring the word for this morning. And as many of you know, I do this thing. I start off with every message with a few affirmations. So if you are a Christ follower who follows Jesus, please repeat after me and say, I am a child of God. I'm loved by God. And I am the light of the world. Amen. I have a question today. Uh, You could put up the first slide. There's a number on the slide. And if you already know it, don't say it out loud. 16,000. When you see this number behind me, or when you hear me say the number 16,000, what comes to your mind when I say that? It's a big number. It's a large quantity. Maybe you think that's the average student loan debt. Oh, way higher than that, way higher than that. (laughs) Or maybe you think um, that's just the number of people that you see. No. The number 16,000 is actually the average number of words that a person says every single day. Every single day. Now, some of us, we speak a little bit more than others. Don't give a little elbow, all right? Let's keep it clean in here. On the high end, it's 20,000 words. Wow. And that is Every single day. I actually took a number of the words of my message today, and today I'm going to preach to you about 3,300 words just in this moment. 16,000 words. Now I want to ask you, how many of those 16,000 are you using for healing, for bringing life? And on the flip side, how many of those 16,000 words are you using to tear down, or to hurt. Or maybe with your own evaluation or analysis, how many words do I not use to bring life to those around me? The title of my message today is How to Speak Life, Harnessing the Power of Our Words. Today we're going to be looking at James chapter 3. And in our young adult meetings on Thursday, we've been looking at the book of James. And James is an incredible book that is referred to as the wisdom book in the New Testament. Now, of course, we have Proverbs and Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, but James is the wisdom book of the New Testament, and it's full of profound teachings, and it spends a portion of it speaking specifically on words. Again, 16,000 words a day. I think this is important for us to pay attention to. Let's look at James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. It's a little bit longer, but I think uh, it is so packed that we can't leave anything out. Starting with verse 1, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal 
Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven, and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Verse seven: All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures, are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Amen. Let's pray one more time. God, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you as we worship you today as the body of Christ here at Harvest. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and just say words. Words. Mm. James points out the power of words. I could just read that, and that could be the message for today. James reminds us that words are very important. And all throughout Scripture, we see the Bible speak on wisdom when it comes to words. If you think about it, words are actually acknowledged in the first page of the Bible. In the beginning, God did not use his hands to create what we see. But what did he use? He did not use a bunch of resources to make mankind or water. What did he do? Instead, he used his words to bring life into existence. He said, let there be light. Boom, it happened. He said, let there be a difference between day and night. It happened. He said, let the water swarm with fish. The fish became something. He said, let there be fruits and vegetables. And then what he said? He said, let us make man in our own image. Words have power. And we see that all throughout the scripture, especially on the very first page. If you think about it, the person that you are today is largely influenced by the words you heard that were spoken to you when you were young. And maybe the words that were absent in your life that you needed to hear. The person you are today is largely affected and influenced by words. We just talked about the parenting workshop. And I'm sure in the parenting workshop, they're going to learn to pay attention to our words. Today, I want to break it down for you. I want to go over three things. The first thing is this. The problems we have with words... And then we're going to go into the blessings we have with words. And then number three is how to speak life with our words. So let's start with the problems. On the topic of words, James starts off saying that not everyone should be teachers. 
And there is an explanation of why words carry so much weight. So that's the context that we are in. And the text says that we all stumble. If there's anything that reveals our innate sinful nature, it is our words. The problem we have with our words is that oftentimes it leads us to destruction. In verse 3 it says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Uh, Speaker and poet Jackie Hill Perry, I was listening to a story that she was sharing online, and she shared about this one time where they went on vacation and they decided to do some horseback riding. She hopped on the horse, her husband hopped on the other horse, and before she knew it, she looked down and she was terrified because she was so high up in the air. It's, it's pretty high once you get up on top of a horse. And then she looked at her husband, you better say something, I'm feeling anxious, I'm about to get off this horse. So the husband looked at her and said, Jackie, don't worry. Do you see where your reins are connected to the horse's mouth? And she said, yeah. She said, he, he then began to explain that within the mouth of a horse has very sensitive areas. And when you pull on those reins in different ways, there is a natural response for it to respond. In wild, the horses that are in the wild, the way they communicate is through their neck motions and through their head motions. So whenever you're pulling on the reins to the right, it's going to go to the right. And because it's so sensitive, it's going to naturally turn. And if you pull back, it's going to naturally stop. This is how our words are. In the same way, I believe that James is trying to point out that our words are the fruit of where our heart can lead us. But the problem with our words is that Jesus says this. He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if our heart is full of evil and our heart is full of hatred, out will come hatred. The problem with words is expounded in verse 6 in our main passage. It says, the tongue is also a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body, if corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. The reality is, I'm going to say a very strong statement. The misuse of words has literally led to the death of countless individuals, all because it started with words. We could see that in the life of people harming themselves. We could see that in the wars that we see in the world. And it all started by the misuse of words. Words are so powerful that some of us in this room, including myself, we have spent a whole lot of time spending energy, money, therapy, prayer, just to overcome maybe a few sentences that hit us deeply the right time. But I want to remind us today that God knows what has broken our hearts and he cares for us. But that's the power of words, that even a few sentences can put you on a trajectory of depression for many years. The problem with words is that they have the power to hurt and to curse. 
And the problem with words is maybe you're not thinking about the words that were affected by you, but the problem of words is maybe you were the one who said something that was very hurtful, and you know you were wrong, and you regret it so much. And you're still living in the consequences of those words. Another problem with words is that once they leave your mouth, you can't ever truly take it back. You could say something, you can't, you can't grab it. You can't put it back in your pocket. It's out there. And according to the Bible, every word is recorded. This is what Jesus also says. Jesus says in Matthew 12, he says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment. For every empty word they have spoken, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. It says you have to give an account on the day of judgment for every single word. 16,000 words, think about that. A day. How many words are we using for life? And how many to tear down? In 2020, there was a gender reveal party. Everybody in 2020 was getting excited and trying to get all these creative ways because they couldn't meet with people. And this one family, they decided to gather everybody outside. And they decided to do this gender reveal that included a little bit of smoke and a little bit of a spark. And you know what happened at this gender reveal party? Once the spark happened, it didn't stop. It ended up burning close to 23,000 acres of land, destroyed five homes, 15 other buildings, and killed one firefighter. One spark occurred, and there was no turning back. Once it happened, they couldn't stop it because it was already out there. And they had to answer for what was sparked. Tragic story in all ends. And they were charged for even um, all of these things that happened. 16,000 words a day, whether it was on intention or not, if it came out of your mouth, it is recorded. So how many do we use to build up and how many do we use to tear down? In verse 7 and 8, it says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The tongue cannot be tamed. Some of us, maybe there was a time in our life where we got angry and we were like, man, forget you. Oh, that was close. That was a close one. We got hard and sit back, right? I used to work at the Lincoln Park Zoo. And you know, all these huge animals, these giraffes, these lions that I would see every day, you know, all you have to do is just throw some food and then it goes there. We can tame those huge animals, but the Bible says we can't even tame the tongue. We can tame every other animal, but the tongue is untamable. But here's the biggest problem that we have before we move into the blessings of words. In verse 9 and 10, this is, this is the heavy one. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. We just sang some songs, and some of us, in a couple hours, we're going to say some things that we're going to regret. 
We could worship here saying how great is our God, but then maybe 24 hours say some things to condemn, to hurt our loved ones. These are the problems that we have with words. But here's the thing. At the same time, we have an opportunity to use our words for blessing. So here are the blessings that we have with words now. The blessings. Everybody say the blessings. Words have power to bring life in the same way I talked about Genesis chapter 1. At the age of 11 or so, my dad taught me the moonwalk. Yes, the moonwalk. I'm not going to do it right now. I promise you I could, right? <laughs> and my father once, just one day after working so hard, he was like, Jeff, you're pretty good at the moonwalk. And I was like, for real, Dad? And you know what that happened? That made me just start going crazy with dancing. Like, like crazy, right? And it was like, it made me dance for 20 years after that. I taught hundreds of students I danced for a talent agency, music videos. I've done a commercial, all because of this one sentence. That was mundane moment. I remember when I was around, I think I was 10, and I was in karate. I'm not going to do any karate right now, but I could. <laughs> so my sensei, I was a very shy boy at the time. I looked up to him a lot. Uh, he looked like Chuck Norris. And this one day, I would, or just in general, I would t- when I would talk to people, I wouldn't talk to them in the eye. I, they would say, hey, Jeff, how you doing? I would say, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Hey, Jeff, what time is it? Uh, it's 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And this one day, my sensei said, Jeff, he said, look at me in the eyes when you talk to me. And I was just like, yes, sensei. And then ever since that moment, when I talk to people, I look them in the eye. All because of a few words, one sentence. I don't even remember what his name is. (laughs) Words have power to bring life and meaning and improvement and love. Pause for a moment and think about the words in your own life that has helped trajectory of who you are today. Maybe you heard somebody say, I'm so proud of you in this, or good job in that. Maybe someone said, thank you for doing this. Or maybe you're good at math, and now you in calculus. Maybe someone said, you're beautiful, and you finally looked in the mirror and said, I'm beautiful, and you're crying. If you think about how Jesus even did miracles and healings, what happened when Lazarus was dead. And everybody's like, Jesus, come on, come on. Help, help him out. If you would have been here, you would have been alive. What did Jesus do? He's, he said three words. He said, Lazarus, come out. Three words. Lazarus was risen from the grave. Words can bring life. And Proverbs says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Proverbs Then says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you could put up the next picture, I have been waiting and waiting to talk about this sermon analogy. One day, I was doing the dishes, or I think it was my wife doing the dishes. Actually, no, it was me. It was me. I was doing the dishes, all right? And 
out of nowhere, I see this little plant in our dish rack. A place where you dry your dishes. I don't know if that's gross or... But anyways, I found it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. How did a plant grow in my dish rack? (laughs) And I was curious. I was like, what kind of plant is this? So I planted it. And for the past, I don't know how many months, maybe four months, it turned into this thing. Oh my goodness. You know what I found out? It's a tomato plant. And it's going to bear fruit soon. And I was just amazed. If you think about it, that can be like words. We have no idea the 16,000 sometimes we're throwing out there. And maybe we are very intentional on being encouraging with our words. And maybe one of those words may take root somewhere, random, and have the power to bring life into somebody. This is the same way that we can also proclaim the Great Commission. The same way we talk about the parable of the sower. You never know what the seed may do or what the seed may bring. And this plant, as long as I could keep it alive, is going to bear some fruit that also going to have seeds. And then the cycle continues. The blessings we have in words. For a moment, I want to show you some blessings. Real quick, girls volleyball, can you stand up real quick? The ones I played yesterday, stand up real quick. Stand up, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, okay, they got third place. Let's go, third place. Thank you, you can sit down. Some of you were nervous, and I saw it. I saw it in your face. And you were brave stepping onto those courts. In youth group, we have this phrase, uh, we build up, we build up. And some of you were locked in, and you were encouraging one another. And you made that phrase, we build up, become who you were. And I'm so proud of you for that. Good job. You walked off with smiles even when you lost. You were so joyful. And I'm proud of you all. And thank you to the coaches and to the parents and the leaders who helped out to make this special day. So with our words, can we just say, good job. Here we go. One, two, three. Amen. Pastor Frank was talking about prayer a couple weeks ago, or the past few weeks, and in one of the prayers that the leaders had like a year ago or two years ago, they were like, God, we pray for more young people, right? And I think they were thinking about like young adults, which we've had some growth in young adults, but you know what? It's crazy. There's some young, young, young people. I think last week we had 19 babies. Oh my goodness, 19 babies? Everybody turn to the back and look at all those babies. (laughs) Young parents, can I speak into you for a moment? Parenting is hard. Could I get an amen? Amen. That was a tired amen. Man. I want to encourage you today and say the reason you're willing to go so far in your tiredness is because you love your children. And every time you do something small, it's building something up. You may not see it. Just like that seed, I didn't know it was going to grow, but it did. Every little positive thing that you say to your children is doing something. And even when they become teenagers, trust me, as a youth pastor, they hear the good things too, okay? And they may not react, but it does something in their hearts. I want to say keep trying, keep growing, keep loving, 
You're doing a great job. And keep being that parent that you want to be. Mm, did you feel that? I felt that. I feel like some of the moms were like, you're right. You're right. Thank you. All right, parents of older children and grown children, I want to encourage you and say, pray for your children. Your prayers are not in vain. Your, your kid may be in their 30s, but your prayer is powerful. And if you haven't been praying, start today. It's not too late. Step out in faith. Even if your faith is not strong, I encourage you, I dare you to pray for your children. Those who are children, also in this room, right now, the youth group sees people, little babies, you may not even understand what I'm saying. I'm just going to say you are the future, and we believe in you, and we want the best for you. It's going to be hard, but God gives grace to the humble. And lastly, for those who have been waiting for something, maybe you've been waiting for a job. Maybe you've been waiting for a baby to arrive, waiting on college decisions. Maybe you're waiting on an exam score. Maybe you're waiting on a relationship to get better. Maybe you're waiting on looking for a new community. Maybe you're waiting for your heart to be healed from heartbreak. Maybe you're waiting to get over some grieving. Maybe you're waiting to get over depression or an addiction. I want to say this, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. There are problems with words, but there are also blessings. And lastly, I want to go over, now how do we speak life with our words? So here we are. What are ways we can harness the power of our words? I'm going to throw out a bunch at you, and I just want you to focus and hone in on one that sticks out to you. Here we go. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Be kind. Oh, so simple, but so effective. Be kind. When you have something good on your mind about another person, just say it. Of course, within healthy boundaries. When you speak to someone, look in, in the eyes when you're speaking to them. Next thing, pay attention to your tone. And to your body language. For example, good job versus good job. You see the difference? Same words, different effect. Be encouraging. Be intentional. Take a moment to take some time to think about the words you want to say. Use words of hope. Avoid criticism. Show empathy before you speak. Because we do need to speak truth and love, and it may be difficult sometimes. But empathy helps it become more digestible. Another one that's hard, offer forgiveness. Either say, I forgive you, or say, can you forgive me? Say, sorry, apologize, because pride comes before the fall. Next, practice holding back your words. When there are raw words that you need to say, just tell Jesus. He can listen to you all day. And lastly, pray for others out loud and together. In closing, I want to remind you of the final words of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, not my will, but yours be done. We bring life with our words into this world by picking up our cross 
and crucifying our flesh. This untamable tongue is powerful, and it only loses hope when we crucify it. And say, God, I don't want to use my words that come from the flesh, but I want to use your words that come by the Spirit. Our words begin to change when we value what honors God and also grieves him. Using words for life honors God. Using words that tears down, it grieves him. Our words begin to change when our hearts begin to change. And our words begin to change when Jesus becomes the focus. Jesus is the living word. And lastly, in John 1, 1, I want to remind us, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was in the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 16,000 words. Let's use it today for God's glory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the word. And we thank you that we have the opportunity to use our words that reflect your goodness. God, you don't call us to improve because our tongue is untamable. But God, you call us out of darkness to be transformed. God, we can't improve the ways we use our words on our own. Only you can do that. So God, renew our minds right now and transform us into that new creation that you have called us to be. Lord, for those of us who need to repent and acknowledge that we have been so selfish with our words, I pray that that would go into their hearts deeply right now. That we would look in the mirror and see how much we are in need of a Savior. And God, for those of us who have been hurt, I pray that you would do your healing power to bring them back into light out of darkness. And God, I pray that we would be a people of God that uses our words for life. Let's take a moment to pray on our own. And I'm going to give three prompts. The first one is this, how have my words been used? How have my 16,000 words a day been used? And as you reflect, I think a lot of us are going to need to repent, to be honest. So let's take a moment to repent and turn away from those things and offer it to God again. So how have my words been used? Let's talk to God. Let's hear him. Let's take a moment to pray.
Amen. While you're still closing your eyes, I just kind of felt a, a need for some uh, a physical response. So everybody, continue to keep your eyes closed and no one looking around. But if if you've really felt convicted that you have not been using your words for life, and you just want to say, God, I want to, I need your help. I need your help to use my words for life. Can you just raise your hand real quick, just for a moment? Amen. Amen. I believe that physical act is a cry to God. You can put your hands down. Lord, we lift up those who raise their hand. Give them the courage. But more importantly, the self-control. A very overlooked fruit of the Spirit. God, give them self-control. In Jesus' name. Next thing, let's pray. Maybe through the realization of your own words, now you kind of have the empathy on how maybe you've received words that hurt. For a moment, for those who have received words that hurt, let's take a moment to just offer it to God and say, God, I want to forgive and I want to let go. Let's take some time to do that. Lastly, let's ask God and just say, who can I encourage and bring life to with my words this week? Who can I encourage and bring life to this week? Let's pray that God would reveal somebody that needs to hear the words from us. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.